You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. Coming at you not live, but definitely alive, from the Amazon jungle in Peru at our ayahuasca camp. Today's episode is a bit of a request by a Patreon patron, the most generous Patreon patron I've got so far. Recently requested a bunch of different topics I could get into, and they were really good suggestions, definitely things I could bite into. And one of those suggestions was divine intervention. And the thing is, before I could speak about divine intervention, I gotta speak about God, right? Because that's what we're talking about when we're describing a moment of divine intervention. It's an interruption by some sort of higher force. Often it's a miraculous moment, right? It's something you can't even explain or just so much coincidence that boggles the mind that comes in and changes the direction of, of regular events in a very important way, in a very specific way. And of course, the force that would be doing that, the higher force, would be God. And you know, a funny thing happened as I was pondering this request, divine intervention, wow, I'm going to have to talk about God, is I realized I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about God. Because you see, I've been meaning to talk about this for a really long time on this podcast, but I had resistance around it. Over the last bunch of years as I've been on this quest, this journey exploring psychedelics, mushrooms, ayahuasca, the spiritual journey that I'm on now as an apprentice, exploring deeply these human questions, these mysteries of existence and consciousness, um, I've been transforming, right? And back in 2014, I got a view of what I was transforming into, and that was, you know, as grandiose as this sounds, I was transforming into a man of God. I am a person walking this spiritual path now uh, with an ultimate end, basically, of making contact with God, of making a better, clearer relationship with this force called God, and hopefully understanding it more than I do right now. But part of that process has been shedding this scientific shame that I've had around even using that word, because as we all know, um, in our modern scientific world, there's a sort of ick factor that comes up around that word, right? I, I mean, I, I can already assume that most modern scientific urban people, when they hear the word God, they have a sort of ugh reaction. So before we get into this, we got a little cleanup work to do. Let's clean up the word God so you know exactly what I'm talking about when I use that word. Now, that word has been polluted throughout history by, you know, all sorts of horrible acts done in the name of God. All sorts of um, corrupt religions that were really just about controlling and dominating humanity, um, competing with other religions, trying to make sure their system is the one accepted. And basically the end of these bad religions, these shady religions, is control over populations, right? Trying to make people listen to the clergy, listen to the church, um, in the name of God, and that power has been abused. Humans abuse power, that's just how it goes. And of all the religions out there, uh, the main ones anyway, I really can only think of Buddhism as one that hasn't abused the word God in that way. 
um, the Buddhist's view of God is more of a universal force kind of thing, right? It doesn't hand down commandments. It's just an ultimate high-level intelligence. And that's a lot like the way I see God. So when I'm talking about God, I mean basically this. I believe that the entire universe has consciousness behind it. An atom, a molecule, an ant, an animal, a human, a rock. I believe there's consciousness behind all of it. They're just different forms of consciousness. But behind all matter, behind this entire universe's structure, everything staying in line, everything functioning and staying stable, I believe there's consciousness there keeping it all going. And that consciousness really would be God, right? Um, at the highest level, if you zoom out from all of it and look at the conscious process going on in this universe, that is what I would regard as God. It's just the only word we have that fits. And in the past, when I was shyer about this, when I was beating around the bush about it, especially in the earlier episodes of this podcast, I would call it the universe. And that resonates a lot more with people, I think, because it's a scientific term, right? And I think all people have a sort of understanding that the universe has this consciousness behind it. We don't understand exactly what the point of all of it is, but there must be some, some mechanistic reason behind it, some ah, systemic purpose, right? And behind all of it, I believe there is a consciousness. So when I'm using the word God, I'm also referring to consciousness. I'm also referring to the universe. I'm referring to you, I'm referring to me, I'm referring to everything, everything conscious out there is connected to God, is a channel of this force, right? The consciousness within your mind, in that model of reality, would be a fragment of that consciousness, right? Each of us, and I believe every living thing for sure, and as I said, maybe even inanimate things, um, like, like molecules and atoms, um, the consciousness that is in there is God paying attention through these different processes. Basically paying attention to all of them, but also losing itself within them. So in the case of you, in the case of me, your consciousness, your attention in your life is God. Is God paying attention to your life? You are God in this model, and I am God in this model. And everything out there that's trying to survive and trying to figure out life and trying to manage the forces around it, immediately around it, are also God doing its part to keep the whole system going. And that's why I believe that even atoms have a piece of this consciousness. Because when you look at atoms, right, they've got forces keeping them apart, which we call the magnetic force. Um, and you've also got forces keeping them together. Right, keeping a single atom together, there's a sort of gravity, there's a sort of attraction there that keeps a single atom coherent. And I believe there is a kind of consciousness there that is keeping that together. That atom wants to stay together. It wants to survive. It doesn't want to evaporate into nothingness. It's very interested in its own process, in these neutrons and electrons spiraling around itself. It is a little piece of consciousness saying, no, must stay alive, must stay alive, everyone else stay away, right? There's the magnetic repulsion, keeping everything at this high level going, right? So God, this consciousness is everywhere, but also loses itself in everything. In every level, it forgets itself to focus exclusively on the little piece of the process 
that it's trying to manage. So that means you, that means me, that means everything, every separate thing out there. Um, hopefully that makes some kind of sense to explaining what I'm talking about when I talk about God. And yes, in that model, God, or a fragment of God, is losing itself in every process out here, probably because it's fascinated and wants it to keep going, right? The piece of God that is existing in an atom is probably completely fascinated by the life of that single atom. Just like you are completely, completely obsessed and lost in the process of you. Just like I am completely lost in the process of me. There's division at these different levels to make sure that the consciousness at work stays focused only within the limits of what it has to do. But then if you keep zooming out higher and higher to solar systems, to galaxies, and all the way out to the entire universe and the limits of this physical existence, there must be a mind there that is aware of the whole thing. God. God would be the state of all consciousness united, complete knowledge and awareness of what's going on here, and um, you know some higher sense of of steering. And at all the different levels, there would be this this greater force at work in smaller ways. So, for example, there may be a god, a division of god, concerned only with this solar system, right? And look. That would be the sun, right? The core of that god would be the sun, which animates life on this planet. And this is the same model as I just used with an atom, right? So there is a local division of god in this solar system. There is a lower local division of god in the earth, which would be Gaia, which I have met plenty of times through ayahuasca work and, and communed with this godly minds at work in our planet in itself right that is a god that is a god compared to us it is a much greater creature that we can't really communicate with in an easy way that we can't understand that's concerned with processes that are so much bigger than humanity concerned with the process of all life on this planet staying on the right course and surviving in health and taking care of problems and, and, and adjusting to changes um, there are all sorts of levels of god but of course, the highest one would be the ultimate one, the one at the highest universal level. We probably aren't much of a blip on the radar of that higher force. It probably knows everything that's going on in the universe, probably has a vague awareness of the importance of all of it, but isn't really concerned with the minutia, right? What would be concerned with the minutia of what's going on here would be, as I said, the Earth's god, right, Gaia, that is definitely very concerned with what's going on with humans on this planet, but also the division of God that is directly connected to this solar system that is managing this solar system is probably pretty aware of what's going on in this planet because we are probably the most interesting thing going on in this solar system. There's so much more complexity on this earth with all of the life and the drama and the animals and the colors and the shapes and the patterns. Whatever God is in charge of the solar system, whatever consciousness is in charge of the solar system, is definitely keeping a strong eye on this planet. So if you're ever looking for the most direct, the most, um, the highest division of God that we can perceive in this planet, just look at the sun. It's right there, beaming energy to this planet day and night, keeping it warm, fueling every process of life happening on this planet 
a sun, a big ball of unimaginable force that is just beaming out this raw energy, this light that we capture here on Earth and turn into this wonderful dance called life. So whenever I look at the sun, I think God. And people of ancient cultures thought the same because they knew the sun brought warmth, brought life. And as science started progressing and we understood that the sun directly fuels plants, which directly fuels everything else going on on this planet, there's really no other way you can see the sun but a local division of God. And as I said, the more local division is life on this earth. Everywhere you see life on this earth, you are looking at a process of God keeping this whole thing going. And of course, the nearest process to each of us yourself, your own awareness, your own consciousness, is the closest God that you have in your life. So you should give yourself some respect. You should try to live the best life that you can and be the best spirit that you can because you are the work of God in your area of life. So where people are always saying, if there's a God out there, how could it let all these miserable, horrible things happen? Well, the answer is, it's because people are doing it, right? All the suffering out there, all the people suffering that aren't being helped, aren't being helped by other humans. And a lot of the times, they're being harmed by other humans. Look at what uh, wars are doing all over this world. People, corrupt people in greed and in, in sadness, really. They're sad, unhappy, angry, broken people that are trying to just take and take and take their hungry spirits, trying to step on the necks of others, trying to ruin the cultures of others, destroy the lives of others, and think nothing of it just to advance their own life, just to advance their own agendas. That is God doing it in those people. But really, it, it's people turning their back on their inner goodness, which I think is what's more aligned with God. God is looking for peace. God is looking for flow. God is looking for um, just everything being okay, everything working out fine. And when a person turns their back on that force inside of them, really it's the voice in your heart that tells you when you're doing something wrong. That's the voice of nature. That's the voice of God. And if you ignore that, well then you become a tragic God, right? You become a demon God. Um, not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. That voice, that little voice inside of you that's guiding all the time, trying to nudge you back in place. And of course, there are good people out there. All of the good people out there who are doing whatever they can to help are doing the work of God. Um, what I'm trying to explain here is when you're praying for a miracle in your life, when you're praying for things getting better in your life, we often pray outward to the sky, but the mistake we're making there is we're praying to such a far division of God. Even if you're praying to the sun, you know, the sun is concerned with greater things than your little life. The real God you should be praying to is inside of you. It's right here. And it's steering your body. It's you. You are in charge. You have power in your life. And yeah, it can be scary sometimes. You don't want to use your power because it could put you at risk. It can make you uncomfortable. And in some cases, if you're trying to affect great, good change in this world, you could be putting your life at risk because there's always bad people out there trying to shut that down by killing 
or you know otherwise attacking people trying to work this good force but when you're when you're trying to reach to god in your life reach inward and realize that it's one thing to ask for things to your inner self to your inner god but you have to realize that you also have to do something you have to move because you are you are the hands of god you are the eyes of god you're the mouth of god every decision that you make is god making that decision in you because you are it you understand what i'm saying so that's that's just a bunch of stuff i could say about god it's not really the point i'm trying to get to of course when people see a title on an episode talking about god they're expecting me to talk about the higher god so let's talk about the higher god which does pay attention to some extent as i described and i believe does get involved and does do these miracles sometimes. In the end, it's in charge of all reality, so it can make reality do backflips if it wants to. It can break every rule of physics if it wants, because it, it is in everything. It controls everything. So it can control atoms, it can control, you know, physical systems, it can do anything it wants. Probably time and space can be manipulated in any way that God wants it to be, if it sees a need. And that's the thing, a higher level division of God will only tend to get involved when it really needs, in the grand scheme, something to change. And sometimes that God force will come down and interact with an individual person. Maybe it'll interact with an individual animal. I mean, let's say you're driving down the street and a deer runs across the street, right? And you, you swerve out of the way and you just think, well, that was weird. But little do you know, if that deer didn't show up, you would have went on and had a deadly car accident that would have affected your family a certain way, and would have had all sorts of ripple effects, and created some larger negative effect that, that God didn't want to happen. And so it controlled that deer to make sure that deer will jump in front of your car and change the course of history, right? So this thing, I believe, is at work all the time, um, tweaking things in ways we realize and don't realize. But in my own life, I've had moments of contact with this God force that uh, really, you know, have, have motivated me to be on this spiritual path to try and understand exactly what it is and what it wants with me. It wants all of us to do a specific different thing. But with me, it's definitely been made clear that God is watching and God will make sure that I go on a certain path that it needs me to go on. And that path of learning to walk with God, of being a man of God, as I described, is really a path of, of trying to listen, of trying to, to make better contact with this higher force and see the signs in your life and follow them with faith of, well, it looks like God wants me to go this way, so I'll go that way. And when you start operating like that in your life, crazy stuff starts to happen, crazy coincidences start to show up. And, and it just it just becomes more and more convincing when you're doing it that way with this inner relationship with this force. Not through any religion, not through any doctrine or system of belief, but just through a relationship between you and the universe. You paying attention for the forces trying to move you and recognizing when there's so much coincidence at work, this has to be followed, this can't be ignored, the universe itself is obviously trying to tell me something here. 
So let me give you a couple examples, a couple of crazy stories of my life um, where I felt I had contact with this higher God force that came down and, and moved my life in a specific way. The first one I'll talk about is a dream. A dream that I had when I was a teenager. Now when I was a teenager, a lot of weird stuff was happening in my life. I was recognizing that there are a lot of paranormal influences in this particular life of mine. Um, reality just keeps breaking all around me, all my life. And I started calling those miracles because I recognized that they all came from this divine intervention, higher level force coming down and trying to nudge me in the right direction. No, you're going the wrong way. Go this way, right? And when I was a teenager and I was starting to realize this, being a scientific-minded person, I didn't like it. I didn't like seeing these weird things happening in my life. I didn't like the confusion that it brought me about reality. I started, I mean, it almost kind of made me crazy as a teenager, as this young man not understanding what the hell force is going through his life. Strange, miraculous events happening that are physically impossible, that I knew were physically impossible, yet I knew happened. I just couldn't digest it, and I started to turn away from it. I started to try and shut it all down. I started to break away from whatever was going on. I just wanted it to stop. I just wanted a normal, standard life. And on this one night, I was having a dream. Um, and it was a dream that was very symbolic. I'm not going to get into the details, but it was a dream that was symbolic of my life not being in my control, being in the control of somebody else. And... It was basically a person that had stolen an object that I knew represented my control on my life. And this person was running away down the street with my life control. And of course, I started chasing it, saying, Hey, this is my life. Stop it. This is mine. Give it back. I am controlling this life. And so I started chasing it down the street. And I actually ended up flying down the street at a low level, you know, just above the ground, which is something I've rarely been able to do in a dream. Um, but yeah, I wanted control on my life so bad that I was able to break the rules of imaginary reality. And I was flying like Superman down the sidewalk after this person that had stolen my life. And as I was flying down the street, following this person, I started hearing a conversation that was happening above me. Um, from some greater beings of some sort. I knew they were bigger, I knew they were greater, and they were looking down on me. It was the voice of a man, and it was the voice of a woman, and they were conversing about me. And I knew they were talking about me. They were, they were referring to him, right? But I knew him was me. And the conversation basically went as follows. The feminine voice kept saying, Ah, he's not listening. He's not doing it. He doesn't believe in himself. He's got too many doubts, right? All of this doubting stuff she was saying about me really didn't sound like she liked me. She was basically saying, he's going to fail, why are we wasting our time on this one? And the male voice in this conversation would always reply, calm, cool, and collected, just calming her down, saying, don't worry, trust me, he's going to do it, he's going to find his way, he's going to find his confidence, he's going to do what we need him to do. And as I was listening to this conversation, I was pretending I wasn't hearing it because I had this sense that I wasn't supposed to be hearing this. And if I let on that I was hearing them, they'd maybe stop talking or maybe be upset, right? I, I felt I'm not supposed to be hearing this, so just keep playing this dream, but pay attention. And so this conversation went back and forth, and at some point, 
the woman concluded, Well, you know, even though we let him hear this, when he wakes up, you know how he is. He's going to dismiss it. He's going to forget it right away. And he's not really going to take it seriously. And then the male voice said, in a very confident way, No. When he wakes up, he's going to remember every word we said. And he's going to believe it. And then the voice came right down into my head, right between my ears, and it just roared, WAKE UP! Right? In this aggressive way. And when that happened, I was passing under the shadow of a tree, and the shadow turned into a swarm of black flying ants, and it just came up and wrapped me up. Remember, I was flying down the sidewalk. It came up and covered me like a big cocoon of, of ants just buzzing and, and crawling all over me, and it was going in my ears, they were going in my mouth, they were going up my nose. It was just this, right, all these ants, and I was choking on ants as this voice had come down and just said, WAKE UP! This roar! So I wake up and immediately forget the dream. Immediately dismiss it. Just shake it off. Ah, that was weird. And I turn the TV on at the foot of my bed and I just start watching TV early morning. And as I'm watching the television, I start catching the glint of something, like a reflection, on my blanket, on my chest somewhere. And I just sort of stroke my hand over my blanket, thinking, wow, what the hell is on my blanket? Whatever. Keep watching TV, it glints again. And so eventually I think, what the hell is this? I turn on my lamp, and sitting right on my chest, right on my chest, staring me right in the face, is one single flying ant just looking right at me. And the second I saw that flying ant, the whole dream came screaming back into my mind, and I remembered the whole conversation between the woman and the man, and I remembered the man, it echoed in my head, the voice of the man saying, no, when he wakes up, he's going to remember this, and he's going to believe it. And so you can imagine just a teenager already seeing weird miracles in my life, already confused about reality, now seeing this. A dream that literally told me, when he wakes up, he is going to remember this, and he is going to believe it. I wake up to find a piece of that dream sitting on my chest, staring me right in the face. So you can imagine, I freaked out. I got up out of bed, and my brain was just screaming for explanation. What the... F How do you explain this? How? Right? The easy way would be coincidence, but there's a certain level of coincidence that I cannot explain, I cannot accept, and I couldn't accept that. Especially when I realized that my entire life, my entire life, every time I had had a dream with any buzzing flying insect that attacked me, that swarmed me, it was always bees. Always. Ever since childhood. And this one time, it was very specifically flying ants in this prophetic dream, and when I wake up, there's a flying ant waiting for me in reality with the echoing lesson of that voice. So what do you think about that, fellow humans? That is a moment of God intervening. As far as I'm concerned, that male voice was God. And through the work I've been doing with ayahuasca, I've realized that the female voice, before I even was anywhere near meeting ayahuasca, the female voice was the force I've come to call Mother Ayahuasca, which is really Gaia, 
right? In my mind, Mother Ayahuasca is Gaia. This is the female force I've been working with with Ayahuasca. I've encountered a few times. It's always the soul of the earth, a lower division of God, right? The local earth division of God is Mother Ayahuasca, is Mother Earth, is this birthing mother at work in the process of life on this planet. So in that dream, both of these divisions of God were talking about me and talking to me. And as I've been working with Mother Ayahuasca, it's been just proven true. This dream has only become truer for me. As I realized that my work in Ayahuasca has been very wishy-washy, has been very almost failure, but then last minute, everything's okay. I've almost wiped out of this path so many times. And I felt many times that Mother Ayahuasca is impatient with me. She doesn't really seem to like me that much, probably because I'm human and she's kind of upset with humans. Um... But way back when I was a teenager, there was that force already, already knowing that my life would come to this place. Um, and she doubts. She doubts that I will do what I'm here to do. But the higher division of God, this male voice, which I associate with the sun, I believe was probably the God consciousness at work in this solar system, was saying, no, I know what I'm talking about. He's going to do it. Trust him. He's good. He's braver than he thinks. He's solid. He's going to do what we need him to do. So, there it is. And in the moment that I had that dream and woke up and saw that flying ant, what I did at that time, when I got up out of bed and was staring at that ant, my ears just ringing and my mind just buzzing with confusion. How do you explain this? What I did was, I killed that ant. I was afraid. I couldn't believe what just happened. I didn't want to be associated with these forces I don't understand. I didn't want this great path that they, they, they want me on. I didn't want this responsibility. I just wanted to be a normal, average person. So I killed the messenger. I squished that ant. And at that time, I felt that I had just basically told them, no. Right? And for the next seven, nine years of my life, I went through a very dark time of increasing health problems, of increasing torture. I've spoken about it to you before in the episode called Mother Mary Comes to Me. I told you the whole story of that suffering time where I increasingly suffered physical pain from a mystery illness that we couldn't solve. And in the depth of those attacks, when I would be squirming on the ground in un unimaginable, terrible, torturous pain, I remember that I would reach out to God even though I didn't believe in God at the time, even though I was sort of in this denial at the time. To be honest, in that depth of suffering, I would reach out to God in my heart and I would say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing this to me? I'm a good person. Why did you bring this pain, this suffering into my life? I'm just trying to live a good life. I'm not a bad person. I don't deserve this. Why are you doing this to me, you fucker? Right? I was so angry at this force I didn't even believe in. Even though I guess deep down inside I did believe in it. But in retrospect, I can tell you, fellow human, that that suffering I went through was God making sure I come back this way. Because when I killed that flying ant, I started living a lie, right? I started moving in a direction of, nope, I am just a guy who's going to go to work, have a job, and just have his money, do his life and die. Be a good person where I can, 
but no bigger than that, just a sort of invisible average person. And God doesn't want that for me. God wants me to be a little bigger than that. So God did everything that it could, took me through all sorts of increasing suffering. It just increased over time, this suffering, until it basically demolished the life I was trying to build, demolished the, the successful career that I was building despite the suffering. It just got so bad that I, I lost that job. Um, I couldn't live, I couldn't have relationships, I couldn't have friends. I was just this suffering mess that couldn't live because of this suffering. And I can say now that that suffering was God making damn sure that I come back this way. And yeah, that's cruel, but I was a hard-headed asshole and I needed that much suffering to come back on track. And it would have stopped probably the second I, I decided to snap out of it and come back. But I'm such a stubborn jerk, I'm such a resistant piece of stone that I basically had to be taken to the edge of destruction and be completely destroyed. My life was destroyed from that sickness, but finally at the end, when everything was destroyed, along came the solution. Very soon after I discovered marijuana, came the solution, came the surgery that stopped that suffering once and for all. And that marijuana led me to mushrooms, and mushrooms led me to ayahuasca, where I now realize I'm back on track. I am where I'm supposed to be. I was always supposed to be here from the beginning of this life this has been plans, and the only time I've been made to suffer like that is when I've gone off track, when I've fought the flow of what God, what this God force wants for me in my life. And every time I've aligned myself to that and walked with more faith, things seem to line up a lot better. So that is one example of an encounter with God that I've had in my life. And that alone should definitely give people a lot of food for thought, right? What a story. I mean, I've often thought back about that, thinking, what a crazy life I'm living. I still don't understand. I still don't feel I have a clear relationship with this God force. But I'm at a point in my life where I absolutely understand that it is present in my life. It is watching this life. And it does want me to get to some certain target. Not only God at the high level, but also life on this planet wants me to do something that's that's a part of the healing, right? That's a part of setting right what's wrong on this planet, what's threatening life on this planet, humanity, right? And that is in my heart. I want to set humanity straight. I want this humanity to be healthy and to be a good thing on this planet. That is in my heart. That has always been in my heart. So it only makes sense that this higher force would see that and go, ah, there's one we can work with because that one wants to help that one that one will help if only he could get out of his doubt out of his confusion out of his fear out of his resistance and that has been the work with ayahuasca here for me has been breaking out of all these limitations that i put on myself often because i'm trying to stay small but i've realized many years ago because of that dream yes but also because of psychedelic experiences I've had, communion I've had with these forces here and there, I've gotten a glimpse of the plan. And the plan for me, for my life, is to grow, is to be as big as I possibly can, as powerful as I possibly can, working for the force of good. And so I can say with confidence that I am a man of God. I am now a man consciously walking, trying to understand how to work with this force. But at this point, I still don't feel like 
I have a very direct connection. I don't feel like I can ask favors and get them, you know what I mean? I don't feel like um, I could sit down and call God down and say, God, we gotta have a chat, come over here, right? I've got some questions. I don't have that kind of relationship with that force. I just know it's there, and I just know it exists, and I just know there is a mind that is steering everyone's individual life, um, some of them more powerfully than others, right? Some of them God wants to move more than others. Um, and so some people will encounter miracles in their life. And that miracle will happen specifically to affect that person in the way that they need to be affected, right? In the direction that they need to be moved. So if you're asking if there's a God, why am I not seeing miracles in my life? As I've been asking lots of times through difficult times, right? God, you've been in my life, here and there. I've seen you do miracles. I need a miracle now. Why aren't you bringing it, right? I've been through moments like that, especially lately as I'm suffering with financial problems and, 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 and uncertainty about my future here in Peru. I've been praying a whole lot, saying, where are you? I'm here. I'm here working with you. Why isn't the flow coming? Why aren't the clients coming more? Why am I not getting a good flow of income so I could continue being here? Why is my life just not feeling like it's, it's, it's embracing me right now? Why am I feeling so alone, so without help right now? I need help. Where is the help? Where are you? I know you're there. Where are you? And I know a lot of other people feel like that in their life. But based on the past experience I had with the suffering uh, that I was going through with that illness in the past, I keep trying to remind myself, if you're not seeing a miracle right now, if you're going through suffering, it's because you need it right now. It's because you don't need a miracle right now. You will have a miracle when a miracle needs to happen. But if a miracle isn't happening, there's this kind of faith that I have to preserve that it means everything is going exactly where it needs to go, there is no divine intervention needed right now. Even though you want it, even though you'd love it, even though, God, it feels like it really is necessary. If it's not coming, the higher level force knows you don't need it. You're on the right path. You'll get through this. And this, this pressure, this darkness, this difficulty is doing something to you that needs to happen to prepare you or to get you to where you're going. And until you actually go off the path, no crazy miracle will happen to move you. The crazy miracles happen to move things, to affect, to edit the flow. And if the flow is fine, it might be rocky once in a while, it might be extremely rocky, you might be getting beat up left and right, but it's part of the path that you're on, right? So all that to say that my experience is this force will only come down and interrupt when it really needs things to change, when it really needs things to move, when things are really going the wrong way, this force will tend to come down and correct that. That's what I've observed in my own life. That's all I can say. So that is a whole bunch of stuff I'm saying about God, isn't it? Um, definitely a lot of food for thought, I'm sure. And I know there are other people out there who have had these kinds of crazy encounters. I mean, look, Bibles have been written allegedly because people have had these encounters. And hell, sometimes I felt I should write a Bible for God's sake because I am 1,000% sure that I have communed 
and had interaction with God in this life. And the urge would be to do that, right? I mean, the book I've written in a way was that, was that sort of urge. When I first met the local God, Gaia, when I drank ayahuasca, when I saw miracles happening the first time I drank ayahuasca, miracles, reality making backflips to say, don't forget this. Ayahuasca is important for you. Don't forget what happened here, right? It was such a miraculous, crazy experience, my first ayahuasca encounter, that I wrote that book. And as far as I'm concerned, that's as close as I'm going to get to writing a Bible in my life. Just the story of what happens the first week I drank ayahuasca. There were miracles there. There were impossible events there. Once again, divine intervention. Once again, God coming down and, and taking action to make sure that this life, that this life would stay connected to ayahuasca because it has been so important on my path. And as far as I'm concerned, drinking ayahuasca and other psychedelics does put you in touch with this force called God. Um, so if in your life, fellow human, you are in this similar quest of trying to understand this force that might be out there, of, of maybe reaching for a miracle in your life, if you need to commune with God, if you need to, to open up to a miraculous change in your life, psychedelics are a great place to look. That's just my personal opinion. Um, whether it be mushrooms, whether it be ayahuasca, whether it be cactus, San Pedro, whatever it is, there are so many plant psychedelics out there, but I have seen so many times that God and miracles are at work so often in these um, psychedelic moments. It definitely seems to be a moment to me where reality loosens up and the channels open up between the different levels of consciousness, between all the different divisions of God. Um, it is a very sacred moment when you take a psychedelic. A lot of people waste it by just dicking around or, or not taking it seriously, but be aware that if you do take a psychedelic, please approach it with um, the respect of communing with the higher force. Because if it has business with you, if it needs to move your life in a certain way, if you want it to save you in a certain way, that's the moment where it'll happen. And of course it can happen without psychedelics. Look, that prophetic dream I had as a, as a teenager, I wasn't even smoking marijuana back then. That was just a purely nature-based, this has to happen kind of moment. And yes, in dreams, dreams are very psychedelic. So you could say that dreams also are a very big opening for uh, this force to come in and affect change. I want to tell you guys about one of the times I encountered God. Actually, so far, the most powerful time that I encountered God using psychedelics. So this was the first time I took what, what's called a heroic dose of mushrooms. That's Terence McKenna, um, a very respected psychedelic speaker who, who has been a huge influence in my life. I definitely uh, love listening to his talks. Look him up if you can. Terence McKenna uh, described taking five grams, five dried grams of mushrooms, of your standard strength mushroom, as a heroic dose. Um, he always described it as the dose that's definitely going to get you deep in there and it's definitely going to bring the big experience. I took five grams one day after experimenting with two, three grams, dipping my toes in, getting a sense of what the mushroom experience was like in my early psychedelic experiences. When I felt confident enough that I could manage five grams, I took five grams. 
and I could record a whole other episode about exactly what happens in that session, but let's just say it was the most powerful um, and strangest mushroom experience I've ever had. It was like no other experience I'd had. Very important changes happened inside of me um, that day, and I connected to the higher force in a big way. And all through the experience, I kept getting flashes um, interrupting my vision. I was walking around the house for a lot of it. I was conscious up and about for a lot of the experience, just the effect swimming in my head. I was changing rooms constantly because I was trying to get away from it. I was trying to get away from the overwhelming intensity of the experience I was having. But I'm just trying to describe I wasn't within visions. Usually I would be like in a dreamlike state when I was taking mushrooms, but this time I was up and about. I was very conscious. Um, and it was, I was just getting downloads of information, direct understanding, no visuals, nothing. But I was getting these flashes, this hallucination, I guess, um, interrupting my vision once in a while of this, this memory as a child of looking through a glass that we had at home. Um, these fancy glass glasses, I'm sure you've seen glasses like it, where in the bottom of it they've cut it in the, with this triangular blade in this starburst pattern, right? So you get this beautiful glass refraction of, of this star shape. And I used to look through the bottom of that glass as a kid, really fascinated by the shape, thinking it's really beautiful. But I was getting that kind of memory, this flash. I kept seeing that, that, that starburst cross, right? So it's like a, a, a plus sign and a times sign sitting on top of each other. One, two, three, four. A four-lined intersecting cross, right? In the starburst shape. I kept seeing it flash, flash, flash. I was sort of ignoring it, you know, sort of shaking it away every time, going, ah, why do I keep seeing that memory? Why do I keep seeing that? And near the end of the experience, I was in the basement. I was at the sink, uh, washing my face, trying to just splash my way out of this, this crazy, intense experience. And I got a repeated, just a big assault of that shape. Flash, 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 flash. And I finally got upset and I said out loud, what the hell does that mean? What is it? And when I finally said that out loud, when I finally asked for explanation, what is this shape I have been seeing through this entire ceremony, really, this entire session? What is it? A gravity just took me over. I fell to my hands and knees on this brown carpet and I was just staring at the ground, trying to catch my breath. And right before my eyes, fellow human, let me try and describe this. I saw reality with my eyes wide open. I saw reality right in front of me, that floor. I saw it open apart in the strangest way. If my view, right, my eyes, what I was seeing, if that was a computer screen made out of pixels, every single pixel of the image spread apart from each other. So it just sort of exploded out, right? Very slowly, it just drifted open. And in the space between each of these pixels, I could see that each pixel behind it had a bigger pixel of a different color, and a bigger pixel of a different color, and behind that, a bigger pixel of a different color. So each tiny pixel of my vision, which had spread apart, Behind it had a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger pixel. And as this whole thing spread open, 
and I saw this insane depth in front of me. It's like I was looking down a canyon as these bigger pixels went into the distance. There was basically a cross in front of me as reality spread apart in the square shape all around me. I was in this cross-section, this intersected canyon, and way down at the bottom, I was staring right at some white energy that was sort of flowing between each pixel. But I knew that between all the other pixels that have gone far out of view in all directions, that thing was there too. And I'm staring down at this, this cross-shaped white flow way down there, and I realize there's a consciousness there. And in my mind, I immediately questioned what I always question whenever I encounter intelligence. I just said, what are you? And the answer came in my head in that voice of a man from that dream all those years ago. I am God. I was staring right at God behind all of the levels of reality it had revealed itself in this vision but was it a vision right this is the mystery of of these insane intense psychedelic moments i was alone in this moment as far as i know reality did open in that moment and i did look right at god and that was an insane miracle but let's be conservative and say it was a hallucination it still doesn't matter the point is, I looked right into the face of the God Force, which was just this light, this cross of light in the far down distance, way behind all of these different levels of, of existence. And it told me, right in my head, I am God. Right? Just saying hello. Look at me. I'm right here. Now, this vision was so intense, fellow human, this has never happened to me with any other vision. The vision of that cross was so intense that for all of the years that have followed since, every time I close my eyes, I still see it. It's basically God, a sh a, a, an echo of God, still there saying, I'm still here. One little detail I forgot to mention when I was recording this is that what I was seeing, that canyon, that cross canyon of light way down below, which was really like a river of light flowing at the bottom of a canyon, right? That cross of light I was seeing way down below was also intersected by two diagonal lines, which were more faded, less clear, less of an opening, more of a distortion of some sort, right? So it was that plus sign with that time sign, that same shape I still see when I close my eyes. And in the year or so that followed, I kept referring back to that vision that I'm st still seeing when I close my eyes. Why would that be the shape of God? Right? I had to give it a lot of thought. And one day I was a little curious. I thought I'd run a little experiment. Um, I'm trained in 3D programs. It's my old career. So I got onto one of my 3D programs. And I wanted to see, can I reproduce what I saw? So I took basically a little square in 3D space, right? And behind it, some distance away, I put a bigger square. Behind that square, I put a bigger square. Behind that square, I put a bigger square. So I made, made this long column of tiny square all the way to huge square. And then I replicated that thing a whole bunch of times, right? I, 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 
I duplicated it and placed them all beside each other in a grid, basically reproducing what I figured I was looking at when I was looking down that canyon of open pixels. And then I took the camera in 3D space and I put it above this and I looked down through it the same way I, I was placed in this vision. And no matter what angle I, I placed the camera, fellow human, what I saw in the distortion and the, in the, the effect of looking at these squares and that arrangement was a cross-shaped canyon with also two diagonal lines. No matter which way I looked down that, that, that bunch of shapes, there was always the two diagonal lines. It was exactly what I saw. So that means that vision I had was physically accurate. I mean, if my mind was making it up, that's a pretty accurate simulation created by my mind, right? So that little experiment um, really sealed for me that I was looking at something real, whether it was really physically happening in front of me or I was just perceiving some truth behind reality and I was seeing it as a visual image which was physically accurate. Um, that just sort of added a little extra level for me of, of thinking there really is something to this shape. I mean, I was really surprised, and I wish I had the screenshot or the video of this to show you guys, but it's back on my computer in Canada. Uh, whenever I do visit Canada, I'll be sure to pull it out of there and um, connect it to the bottom of this episode. But, yeah, that really added an extra level of huh to this whole thing, that I could reproduce what I had been looking at, and that the simulation in 3D brings exactly the same effect as the vision. A cross-shaped opening with a diagonal sort of shimmer effect from um, just seeing through all these different pixels at that angle. Uh, I realize it's a little bit difficult to uh, maybe visualize without an image. I really wish I had the image for you guys. But uh, this is all just to say, to, as far as I'm concerned, that is the face of God I was looking at. That is an accurate re representation of what reality might look like if we were able to spread it open and see through all the different levels, right? Um, and I mean, look, I expect to see that shape when I die one day. I fully expect to see that shape whenever I return to God, right? And whenever I encounter that shape now in ayahuasca, which I do sometimes see a cross with the diagonal cross section cutting through it, I know that that's God um, showing itself for a moment or, or making its presence known in that experience. So if you ever do see that shape yourself, fellow human, um, I mean, there are so many shapes one can encounter in psychedelic space, but that one, if anyone ever tells me I saw a cross with a diagonal cross across it, I could tell them you were looking at God. And I know God is still here. Um, I'm having a rough time lately, fellow human, but I've got that faith, you know, I've had enough experiences where I know it'll all line up again, and I know the light will come again. I know you're watching, whatever you are, whoever you are. I have no earthly idea exactly what God is. Got my theories. In a nutshell, my theory is that God is a single consciousness existing alone, and possibly due to loneliness, possibly due to boredom, God decided to divide itself into a million billion pieces and lose itself in a million billion stories and create all sorts of different beings that it could be 
and all sorts of different dramas that it could lose itself in. Basically, it's like a movie, right? Reality would be like a, a huge diversion for God. And that's what you are, that's what I am, that's what each of our lives are. Just God being entertained by the stimulus, by the interesting uh, drama of existence. The bad and the good. And that would mean that God is lonely. If God is one singular consciousness out there, of course God would be lonely. And of course God would be bored, right? Infinity. Infinity just being alone. So why not create a universe? Why not lose yourself in a billion worlds? Countless trillions, just unimaginable amounts of worlds and activity and interesting things to see and experience and be. Why not? God would be such a huge mind that it would need that much distraction just to distract itself for a little while. And it would need that many eons and that huge lifespan of this universe to our perspective, to the perspective of an infinite consciousness, isn't really that long, right? For all we know, this entire universe is just a one-hour movie for God. And that theory, I feel, is supported a little bit by science, because look, the Big Bang! right? There was nothing, according to science. This universe didn't exist. There was just maybe one particle, right? They're still trying to replicate it. The God particle, they even call it. And for some reason we don't understand, BOOM! The Big Bang happened, and everything was created from that. To me, that only supports the theory. There was one unified God, and it just, from boredom, Maybe from fear, maybe an accident, I don't know, or maybe it's just part of its growth. It just expanded and shattered into division, which created this universe, which created all of us, which created everything going on here. And that's why I believe that behind all of it, there is still that consciousness experiencing all of it. And that's why you're conscious, that's why I'm conscious, that's why an ant is conscious, that's why a chicken is conscious. That's why a plant is conscious. That's why everything has spirit. Because a spirit is consciousness. In my view, that's how it is. It's just a theory. Of course, I can't prove it. This is just based on a lot of soul searching and a lot of little clues I've collected here and there in life. And there are other religions out there that believe the same thing. That also have been working on this consciousness puzzle for a long, long time and also come up with this similar explanation. Um, the universe is a sort of dream created by God that it has lost itself in, including losing itself in you in the form of your consciousness, including losing itself in me in the form of my consciousness. And at some higher level, there is a, a more conscious version of this mind that manages higher and higher level processes and makes sure that everything's gonna turn out okay in the ends. And the ultimate ends, the ultimate ends in this model of reality that I just described would be that God remembers itself and everything comes back together and everything becomes one again. There's no more you, there's no more me, there's no more planets and galaxies and, and life forms all over this, this universe. No more of all that. It all comes back together in a sort of big cosmic group hug as God remembers itself fully and all the levels reintegrate and God goes ah now that was a good universe I'll remember that one including every single life I was in 
including every single atom I was. Wow, what a ride. I think I'll make another. So fellow human, that is a whole bunch of stuff I can say about God, personal experience and theory crafting. I hope it's given you something to think about. If you've had these kinds of divine intervention moments, if you have seen clues of God, of the God Force, if you resonate with this theory that I just um, uh, spelled out for you guys, or if you've got a theory of your own, do leave a comment. I'd love to see some discussion over on Facebook where I share these episodes. Get involved. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Share if you thought this was uh, something worthwhile hearing. And of course, if you head over to higherideas.net, you will find this podcast. You will find all of the episodes. I will link to this episode, um, all of the related episodes I mentioned here and there. And of course, if you'd like to support what I'm doing here with this podcast, if you'd like to lend a hand be a little piece of God in my life, sending me $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you want to send to support this life, click the orange Patreon link at the top of higherideas.net to become a Patreon supporter. Become a part of this podcast. Request your episode. Get your shout-out in that episode. Um, And of course, my eternal gratitude. In the same breath, of course, thank you to all of my Patreon patrons so far. And if you're interested in working with psychedelics in a very sacred and powerful ayahuasca center, I am now offering an ayahuasca service, guiding people over here in Peru. Um, I will pick you up at the airport, I will translate for you, um, I'll take care of you from the airport all the way through your experience here with every piece of guidance, every piece of advice, every piece of perspective I can offer while you're with us. Come do the big medicine work in your own life, and if you're lucky, If the stars align, encounter God, encounter miracles in your own life. You can find that link also at higherideas.net. Right at the top of the site, you will see a big, colorful link for Via Verde, Ayahuasca. I invite you to check out that website, check out the info pack, and hopefully some of you guys will join me here in Peru, and we can become friends on this sacred path. And of course, thank you to God as well, for whom the rooster always crows. So until next time, fellow human, and as always, keep thinking.